0: And just like that we're back another awesome episode another fight episode the fight game we love the fight game bellator and another episode brought to you by the one and only iconic tennessee sour mash whiskey jack daniels enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking but during a lot of this man's fights i do enjoy one or two jack daniels just to take the edge off because i get nervous when he's in the octagon We come from the same roots, the same hometown, the same alma mater as far as a high school goes. He was just a little bit better, a lot better of an athlete, I guess. Football, state champion wrestler, All-American, Arizona State Sun Devils, All-American, UFC, so many great battles in the octagon there, moved over to Bellator and was a two-title holder at one time in the heavyweight and light heavyweight, and now just got another victory, Ryan Bader, my man, how are you, brother?
1: i'm doing well how about yourself quite the intro there thank you
0: well you know you deserve it you're uh you're in a game that's not easy and i was talking about this the other day um about chad money mendez a mutual friend of ours and he kind of retired from the game left the octagon now he's getting back in there for the bare knuckle boxing here in another week down in florida um the fight game is hard it's like you go through months of training camp where you're sparring, your dieting, your nutrition, your cardio and here's the deal. It could end in a matter of seconds, whether it's for you yep. or the other guy. Yeah it could go the whole way like this last fight did and you win in an unanimous decision. Um, but what is your thoughts right now at this point in your career when I talk like that like are you like do you wake up and go, man, I'm so excited that I'm still a fighter or do you wish like it would transition into the next part of your career sooner than later?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question, you know, and, uh, man, I've been doing this for so long. I've I've been an athlete for so long. Right. And I don't know anything else, you know, I've ever since I was seven years old, you know, and just like anybody else in their job or whatever they do, even though it's a, you know, cool thing to do or whatnot, you get sick of doing the same shit over and over again. Right. And for me, that would be going to the gym and doing the same training kind of deal day in and day out. And you're always kind of like, what else is out there? You know? Um, and so that comes into your head a lot. Um, but at the same point, I kind of, uh, take a step back and go, all right, I love what I do. I'm doing and I love the freedom it gives me to pursue other, other things, you know, um, you know, I, I love outdoors so I can pursue, I can go hunting whenever I want. I don't have to, you know, tell my boss, Hey, can I take my vacation time or whatnot? You know, and we help out on different hunts, you know, I like to do just different, different stuff. And, and MMA has also allowed me to get into different type of businesses and, and make money in in that way, you know, having a name, being connected with people and that kind of stuff like that. And so always fall back. I love to train. I love what I do. And whenever I kind of get in that little rut, like, you know, I'm getting sick of this or whatever. I I always think of like, what else could I be doing? A nine to five job I would absolutely hate, you know? And so um, that's what keeps me going. And then to be honest, you know, if, if I was still in the UFC and making the money I was making then, I'd probably be, probably be done already, you know, but I came over to Bellator, and they're treating me so well, you know, if I'm capable, it'd be stupid of me to to leave all that money on that table, which I could, you know, could make every single fight. And it's not like I'm, you know, uh, you know, 10th ranked fighter, you know, I'm the heavyweight champion, the skills, the mentality are there. So why not keep riding?
0: So you just mentioned the UFC. And we're also talking about career choices and things that could potentially go through a guy like you a fighter's mind after and I assume and I know what assuming can do, but I assume you watched the last heavyweight title bout of the UFC. Did it put you in a mindset of I need to beat these guys. I got to get in the octagon with these guys um, because they might be looked at as the more serious fight card than opposed to a Bellator. Or has has the teeter-totter balanced out to where the fight that Brian Bader is right there on the same level in your personal opinion that you have no problem knowing that you're not the UFC runner-up or the UFC contender, whatever it is. You're the heavyweight champion of the world in Bellator, but you got these other guys that are fighting for this prolific UFC heavyweight titles. Well, how does that sit in your mind?
1: And I, I don't really even think about it, to be honest, you know, um, you know, you'll have guys that will come through, you know, like, you know, uh, Glover's a 205 pound champ over there, you know, um, you know, I know I go out there, and beat him, you know, Nugano, I don't know, you know, big boy. Um, uh, but I don't really even think about that. You know, I'm over here doing my thing. I've been there, done that as far as I've had 20 fights in UFC and, and, uh, um, when I, when I left, I left for greener pastures on, on my end, you know, financially, I wanted to do different things. Like I got to do, go to headweight, all that kind of stuff, you know? So for me, and that gets brought up a lot, like comparing the UFC to Bellator and the fighters and whatnot, you know, for me, like, I know we don't get the exposure like the UFC does and in, in the push and the marketing dollars and all that, all that stuff. And, and I'm okay with that you know, I know what I'm doing at this point in my career. You know, I'm trying to set myself up financially. I'm trying to win titles and and do the best I can with what's in front of me and, and title shots, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and so for me, it's it's I, I've, I've been there and done that, right? And now there's other guys that I had 20 fights in UFC, right? And there's other guys, like I'm buddies with uh, Michael Chandler. He he was doing really well in Bellator, all this kind of stuff, but he wanted to fight in UFC. He wanted to test himself in UFC. So he was kind of the opposite, like, hey, I might even take a pay cut to go over there, but I want to go over there and prove what I can do, see where I'm at, and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of came from the flip side, and right now I'm happy where I'm at, um, just doing my thing.
0: So when you mention a buddy like that, that takes that plunge and leaves where he's the champion and he's winning comes over here and he's not he's he's had some big time hype he's had some big time exposure but he hasn't won now this is a big deal to a fighter to make that to take that leap and come over and lose two fights in a row like he has and i'm a huge fan of chandler i'm a huge fan of him i love his tenacity i love his style right but does it wear on a fighter to come over and then get put in your place to say or do you just wait for the next one and go out there and do the best you can
1: yeah i mean he did come over and he he beat um, hooker and then that kind of earned him a title shot you know so looking at that you know that's about as best as you can hope for right obviously you'd want to go out there and win that title and that'd be kind of the storybook of all storybook endings but um You know, in his last fight, he he talked about, you know, wanting to entertain. He went out there and Gaethje, and it was a badass fight, you know, and uh, a lot of fanfare from that. So he's building his name not necessarily by, you know, by beating these guys, but he's going in there and putting on great fights. He's being excited, exciting, and all that kind of stuff, and that'll earn you kind of bigger fights. You can't keep doing that because you have had four losses in a row and all that. That hype kind of dies down, you know. But if he goes out there and gets a win in his next fight, you know, I think he's just right there because he went out there and put on those exciting fights. And they were close, you know, his his Gaethje fight. Um, you know, and that's what he wanted to do. You know, he, he wanted to get that exposure and all that kind of stuff, and he has. And so, you know, if I was him, I'd be, try to potentially, you know, get a McGregor fight down the road, you know, make some real money too, you know, that kind of avenue. Because I know he's not going to be fighting for too much longer, you know, so.
0: You do know that?
1: I don't, I mean, he's mentioned it a few times you know we're coming over to the UFC he doesn't know how long he's going to do this and that can mean a couple of years or five years who knows I'm not you know um I do not know exactly what he he wants to do but um I know that's on the horizon
0: how does a fighter like yourself or him recover from let's say you just brought up Gaethje that last fight it was brutal yeah um you who you had mentioned to me pre-recording just now about the body lock that Modalski how do you pronounce it? Mod- yeah, Modalski.
1: Yeah. Modalsky
0: put you in, said it was tough it was a tough body lock. You you never really look to me like you get beat up too bad, okay? I've seen you in some defeats and you still look like you're ready to go another yeah. five. At the end of that fight, Chandler engage you were pretty beat up is this like yeah. a month-long deal i mean you gotta you gotta rest up for a little while and ha- yeah. were you were you ready to go back into training camp the very next day after you just won
1: um i ended up getting covered kind of a couple of days after um but i could have yeah you know and i uh, last friday i went in which is less than a week you know and i've, I've started again um i mean shit i mean if you i mean you got br- like bumps and bruises right and if you like chandler and them, they get kicked a lot you know, that kind of stays on your leg for a while. That kind of hurts. But getting punched and stuff like that, unless you break something, it's not it's not too bad, you know. Went out there, fought a five-round fight, walked back to the hotel, you know, and then went out and gra- grabbed something to eat, had a few beers with friends and family, you know. I was fine. You know, it's just one of those things where um, – and I've been at the the other end, too, where I've scratched my cornea, broke my hand, you know. But you just go get that fixed up, and, and you're pretty pretty good. But obviously, you got to let those heal, um, but I've never i mean, I've been sore that night uh, maybe a couple of days after, but I've never been like, oh man, I'm laid up for you know two weeks or something like that. you know, I broke my hand one time, I obviously had a cast and had a chill, you know with that, but it it hasn't been too bad.
0: Um, i like I like hearing the part about the fight game of the preparation and everything that goes into it and I know how hard of a worker you are. You 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 work your ass off to become this fighter and champion that you become. Do you do you look at it kind of I did go 3 rounds. I left it in the judges hands. I know that that's not the right mentality, right? You never want to do that in a sport to where it could easily go the other way. How confident were you in the final bell rings in this last fight, Bader, that, that it was, that it was going to go the way. Cause it was, was it 47, 46, 47, 46, was that what it was?
1: Yeah. 48, so. 47, 48, 47, 48, 47. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't confident, you know, and i never am, you know, leaving it with the judges cause they can be all over the place. I, I hope that the damage I was doing was enough. Then his kind of like, he was kind of just holding on, um, you know, I, I went out there, won the first, dropped him real bad. This and that. You know, a loss the second and third, came back, definitely won the fourth round. Fifth round was the one where it was a toss up. You know, um, I felt like I hit him with better shots of the feet, and then a, you know unanswered elbows to his head, probably 20, 30 of them. And then um, I guess that's what the judges all saw too. They kind of talked or whatever. Um, talked to one of the Belcher guys. Were like, you know, it was a it was a activity in the elbows in the fifth round you know, about, you know, where I, you know, gave it to Bader or whatnot. And all three of them kind of said the same. So, dude, when you're, I mean, when you're right there and they're reading off the scores, because we've all seen it a million times, right? The judges, you know, you're, you're kind of like, what the hell are you looking at, this and that. But this was a really close fight. And so when they're close like that, you never know. And you can't be upset either, really. You know, it was one of those fights where, you know, it was pre- pretty evenly matched and, and going into the fifth, whoever won that fifth won that
0: fight uh, at, at the start of this camp when you get this fight are you confident that you can, I know that you're confident as all get up but yeah. do you, are you going to wrestle with this guy did you have a different game plan going to this because there was a couple times during the fight to where I don't know if they could have called it, but there was some times where I thought he was hurt, where I thought that they might have been like, hey, that's enough is enough. Like the head trauma, whatever was going to be caused. Yeah. Did your corner think that it should have been stopped at any time? And in, in, in the first part of the question, Bader was like, was this your game plan? Did you fall? Because I know how fast the game plan yeah. can go to shit once yeah. the fight starts.
1: Um. So first question, uh, he's he very hurt at the beginning. Um, retrospectively, I would have kind of, Got distance and just kept my hands on him, kept hitting him, and I think I would have been done, you know, within that first minute of that fight instead of going 25 minutes, you know. Um, but he uh, he did kind of try to take down, and I knee to the body, which kind of allowed him to get, you know, um, kind of over under, and we started just wrestling. I started wrestling from there, trying to get him down or you know get back to my feet. But um, game plan really is one of those one of those fights where you know, all right, we can definitely look to get him down. I wanted to take him down. I wanted to mix up my striking and takedowns. And we felt like, uh, you know, we were faster on the feet a little bit, but he was definitely good on the feet. But we felt like we can, like, stick and move. And he's really good at kind of cutting that cage off. And he's I mean, he's put, you know, the, these big boys, big heavyweights, and held them on the cage like he was doing to me. You know, um, big guys like Tim Johnson, big country, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we were being careful with that, and one thing, if I was to do it differently, I always thought his body lock would he would start to tire, and which he was getting really tired, and I felt like I could man, manhandle him in certain areas, but that that was a safe space. He got on that lock, and that's when I heard him just kind of chill, you know. And so obviously, we all have our spaces that we like, we can relax in that we're really good at, and that was his. And and going into the fifth round, I thought. There's no way he still has that because he's gassing. And so I thought I could put the pressure on him, get one takedown and the fight would be over. And uh, he ended up getting that body lock again and and was still strong there. He wasn't, you know, where he was tired everywhere else, he was strong right there, right then and there. And so doing it differently, I would have worked a lot more on getting out of that, getting off the cage, not letting him put put me on the cage, you know, and, uh, um, but you never know until you get in there with a guy.
0: What does he say? to you after because this this ended a pretty pretty good streak of beating some big time heavyweights good contenders good fighters this guy's on an undefeated in bellator i think he was on a six or seven maybe even more fight winning streak bader puts an end to it how does he react is he pissed and complaining or is he humble and and very respectful to you
1: yeah i mean i talked to um i talked to him before he doesn't have really good english but you know he went out of his way to come up and say you know hello and look forward to fighting you someday and this and that Um, cool guy you know and I I fought these Russians I've been fighting these Russians right I beat Fedor I lost to Nemkov and then now I beat Moldovsky which is their big three guys you know and um, you know thing about them is that this is their life I don't know if they have anything else going on outside of this but training and, and MMA it's all they do you know and they have a uh, tremendous amount of pride for the team they come from, which is Fedor's team, um, you know, for their country and all that kind of stuff, and and uh, they take it hard, you know. So I just, you know, talked to him a little bit as far as, like, hey, man, there's a hell of a fight, you're a hell of a fighter, this and that, and saw him in the lobby afterwards, and he was kind of devastated, man. And uh, he looked like kind of he was about to cry, saw him in the lobby and this and that, just kind of, hey, again, good fight. Um, but he looks like he was taking it pretty hard, you know, and, um, it sucks, Rocket Pedras, when you lose and all that. And I just try to make the best of it, kind of, take what I could from that fight and kind of move on because you'll sit and dwell on it. But um, that's kind of all the interaction we had. And I know it wasn't just another fight because, you know, I beat Fedor and, and all of Russia was after me after that.
0: In all of the time you beat Fedor, though, you all, it almost seems, and this last fight, that there's still a lot of mutual respect between... Yeah these russians and you and even with fedor's resume i mean he's considered by a lot the greatest heavyweight of all time in all of mma i mean a lot of people yeah. have said that you beat him and you beat him handle i mean you laid him out really i think it was a short left right yeah i was
1: like yeah 35 seconds in kind of a hook yeah
0: like laid out the one of the top heavyweights of all time if not the top ha- it- this is kind of a weird question Bader and it's just a discussion point. But you're in the news a lot right now with your next contender coming up in May and I think it's in his home country of France. Is he from yeah. France? Yeah. Okay, we're talking about we're talking about chat, right?
1: Chat Congo, yep. Yeah.
0: He's talking a lot of shit, but not just shit. He's talking some personal shit. Like, I don't know if he's trying to be a McGregor just to try to get you a little bit or get under your skin, but he has made some threats. He's talked about murder. He's talked about erasing you. He's talked about some movie-style Hollywood shit that happens in the movies. Um, the, 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 the topic or the what I want you to touch on is, let's say that theoretically you, you were to have a loss. Wouldn't you want it to be against somebody like Fedor? It would yeah. take it a lot harder to lose to somebody that won't shut his mouth when you know you're a better fighter. You got three months before this fight. You're fighting in May of 2022, coming up in 90 days. What is the mindset? Like, are you like, I am never? I can't lose this fight? Do you put more pressure on yourself when a shit talker is getting this personal with you? You know. Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it does. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, you'd rather lose to somebody like a Fedor that's respectful, respects uh, you, the game, everything, you know. Um, you know, rather than a Czech Congo, who th- I think is a terrible person, he's a, he's a cheater, you know, he, he whines about everything out of our last fight. He faked a, I poke to get out of the fight. And then he calls me a coward and say, saying, you know, I knew that fight was going to go di- different after I was, you know, getting tired from beating on him. You know, it's it's, it just blows my mind. And I haven't met too many people at all, you know, that, um, I really don't like in the sport, you know, we're competitors. We'll talk a little shit, but it's respect after, you know, and, uh, um, him and rampage, you know, rampage tried to come into the ring or the cage after I fought Congo and tried to fight me after that, you know, and, and just a bunch of bullshit, you know? So, um, getting your question, I, I, yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose a guy like that, but at the same time, there's no added pressure because every fight you have, there's pressure, whether it's, I just want to retain my belt. I, you know, I have a couple losses. I don't want to lose a third fight in a row kind of deal that, which is even more pressure, you know, been there one time in my career and it was, uh, you know, the the craziest pressure I've ever felt, you know Um, you know, so every time I walk in there, you know, I put, I put enough pressure every time that that little stuff doesn't add up too much
0: so how what is your game plan right now being in, you're not going to get too out of shape if you ever allow yourself to get you can't yeah. allow yourself to get out of shape in this game but 90 days out you're not very far out from getting in camp you're probably what 30 days out from camp you're gonna have a five-week camp and then yeah. um or no not a five-week camp you're gonna have a 60 day camp i'd imagine right or how yeah, f- yeah. About, a about
1: eight weeks you know but I'm, I'm coming from being in tip-top shape right and uh i'll go have some fun you know eat some unhealthy food and, and do a few things for, you know, a couple of weeks. And, but at the same time, like I was, I've been back in the gym, you know, pretty much, you know, like I would in camp uh, since Monday, you know, so I took a week off basically. And, and then I'm back in, you know, keeping that, I don't want to lose that shape. You know, why, why not compound on that? And then um, I'm just getting even better shape. And so do it right. Don't get burned out, you know, for this next month. And then, you know, ramp up training. And for a guy like Congo, who's a little little different as far as, like, he's real tall, he's real long. We'll bring in some uh, – I got a guy I brought in from uh, Brazil last time I fought him. I'm going to bring him in again to have a dedicated training partner just to mimic him, you know, and then uh, go with the rest of the guys too. But um, uh, just kind of, you know, start camp right now, really. But kind of have my mind just, oh, we're just training. And then flip that switch about eight weeks out.
0: What does he have that that this man from Brazil obviously is going to emulate? But does he have hands? Does he have yeah. does he have good legs? Is he a submission artist? What does he have that you need to prepare yeah. for?
1: So he, I mean, traditionally, Che Congo is known for his muay Thai, right? Kicks and punches. He's very he's long, you know. And uh, um, and recently, you know, he's been all over the place. He'll try to wrestle you. You know, he'll do this um you know he'll try to outpoint you basically and he's had a lot of really really boring fights as far as just trying to play that you know i'm gonna win by points you know and so um being in there with the first time i just went out there put the pressure on him hit him you know two or three times pretty good i just kind of saw him like wide-eyed like holy shit i I don't know where's his pace coming from took him down and uh the guy mounted him was, was still beating on him and then um He called, he's, you know, yelled or whatever and held his eye. And then, uh, you know, I didn't know what happened. And then later we, you know, saw the video, I poked him in his nose, just bringing my hand down and went in his nose and grabbed his eye.
0: But why does the referee not have to pay for this? I mean, you don't,
1: he, he, there's no instant replay. Right. And so if he's behind watching over and you know, we're always like pushing and pushing elbows and all that, you know, bringing it over he could legitimately think, okay, he got poked in the eye. And it was a no contest, you know, and, and uh, um, it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't know what it was going to be ruled. I was like, tell me it's not going to be, a, you know, a DQ and he gets the belt for faking the eye poke. Um, and so at that time too, I was like, I don't think I did, you know, um, you know but I did punch him in his, his eye. You know, you can see it, boom, right before. And then that thumb went in the nose a little bit. And then that's when he winced and grabbed his eye. And so, Um, and he was talking a lot of shit and all that kind of stuff. And I just posted that video. I'm like, I mean, this is (laughs) definitive proof, you know, and you're telling that saying that I'm trying to get out of this fight when you sat there, you know, and they come up to you after and say, Hey, just let me know. You got five minutes or whatever. Let me know when you can see And he immediately. was like, I can't see, I can't see. And you don't say that if you want to be in that fight, you're going to give it a minute or two and be like, and even if you can't, you're going to be like, well, yeah, I'm good. Let's go, you know, but he immediately knew that was his way out.
0: So was there any reaction by the organization or the referee after the, the proof was there?
1: You know, we could have uh, um, appealed it, I guess, and all that kind of stuff. It was in California. Um, I it, there It was almost like no harm, no foul. You know, we're like, all right, screw it. Let's do it again. You know, I got I still got payment full purse um didn't lose the belt it was just a no contest and so at that point we we're like screw it let's just book it again you know but that never transpired after you know they wanted me to go back down to a light heavyweight so um it is what it is and i always wanted that fight back you know there was a there was a lot of drama i mean like afterwards you know like i said uh rampage came into the cage afterwards um tried to fight me my team we were going back after him he got kicked out of there, walked around, and came up and said something to my sister. You know, he didn't know it was my sister or anything, but and my dad was trying to swing on him. <laughs> and then we get we get uh, put in the back, you know, and, and you, nobody gets back there but the fighters. You got to have a wristband. And all of a sudden, a couple of cops come in and put my dad in there too. And I was like, "How'd you get back in here?" And they're like, "Yeah, he tried to fight rampage," and they were all laughing. <laughs> And so and then the commission guys put, you know, they put a couple commission guys. This little guy came up to me in the hotel after. He's like, "Hey, thank you." I'm like, "For what?" He's like, "They put me there at Congo's dressing room for." They're like, "Don't let Bader and his team storm this dressing room." And this guy's like five foot four or whatever. He's like, "What the fuck am I?" But <laughs> there was some drama, right? And then uh, and he's just been a dick. I don't know. He, ask ask anybody about him. Most people don't like him.
0: So he's treated other fighters like this.
1: Yeah, man. I, the first time I ever met him, I, I never even had any like I never talked to him at all. Never ran across him, whatever. And, and it was you know, five days before fight, fighting on the same card, and we have a you know each have different locker rooms at the hotel for half the guys and half the guys in the other locker rooms. And I walk in, he's the only guy in there. I go, up, I'm like, hey man, what's up? I'm Ryan, whatever. And he just blows me off. He just I'm like, all right, cool but I hear it from everybody too. You know, he's just one of those guys. So
0: is, is, do you know if he's popular in France?
1: Ah, I have no idea.
0: I wonder if he is. I have no idea either, but it, I, my question would be how sweet it's going to be to whip his ass in front of his home crowd, right. but I'm not even sure if they like him. It'd be a lot different going into, you know, going into Connor's home country and, and fighting yeah. him. Be They love him over there.
1: Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know. And I don't, I don't think Paris has had too many MMA fights, you know, but, um yeah it's going to be one of those things obviously when they announce from paris france whatever they're going to go crazy um but what i love to do is kind of earn the respect of of a you know different in a different country um you know go out there and put on a show with their fighter you know and, and beat them but still you know earn their respect a little bit done that a couple of times and that's a great feeling too you know but um i wouldn't be surprised if he gets booed over there
0: i wouldn't be surprised either. so what happens after the victory is it something to where you're you they'll have another opponent right now or why is chet getting this rematch right now after you come off beating this this badass russian
1: um because there's a lot of rematches the top guys right now i beat already you know fedor actually was up there and they were talking about potentially doing that because fedor wanted that fight and they're just kind of like nah you know we want to get fedor somebody that you know he could ride off in the sunset retire um and then you know there's another guy Lint Vassell already fought and beat for title defense at two Oh five. Who's, who's definitely in the mix and just beat some tough, tough guys. Um, and so, yeah, Congo had a good win in his last fight. I mean, not a good win, but he beats this guy that was uh, pretty highly ranked and uh, they just wanted to, I think Pelter wanted to do it again after that whole no contest also, you know, and so I'm all for it. I wanted that fight. I've been wanting that fight for a long time. They just kept pulling me back down to light heavyweight. And so I uh, feel great at heavyweight. So it's going to be him. And then I kind of know you um, go out there, get that win, and I'll probably fight Linton Vassell again after that. Is Pops
0: going to go to France with you?
1: I don't know. I mean, they uh, they make it to most, you know. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they're there, you know. So we I haven't been over there in you know, I'll bring the wife and some friends and obviously train your your team, whatever. Um, and we usually kind of just stay a couple of days after because I'm cooped up until fight night, obviously.
0: Explain to the audience real quick, Bader, if you don't mind your, your camp, your team. Um, this is your team. This is a team that you are independently – talk to me a little bit about what your mindset was on the business strategy of this. I've been in your gym. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there in a couple of years. But what what's going on with the team? Because, you know, you have ATT and you have different teams in, in different parts of the country that you hear about that have become kind of, I don't know, famous, if you would, or kind of – they have some notoriety or credibility with putting out good fighters and champions. What's your situation on, on your camp and why did you go this route?
1: Yeah, we keep it small. You know, we just kind of handpicked the you know, coaching staff, um, you know, guys that have been around forever and, and some new guys, which new meeting, you know, about five years ago, picked them up. You know, we had a, we had a big, bigger gym open to the public, you know, for about seven years, you know, and uh, uh, had a lot of guys kind of roll through there. And it was great and great at the time and stuff, but just the whole like business side of it, running a gym, uh you know dealing with all the politics all that kind of stuff you know with having a gym you know that 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 brings you know it, when our lease was up we we're like hmm I thought about building another another gym I bought land and everything and then uh um ended up deciding against it you know and then you know covid came in and wiped out all the gym business you know right right after that so it was a good it was a good deal I didn't, but we just kind of built our own little team. You know, um, I end up, hey, getting this coach and my coaching staff, and I just pay him monthly um, if we need guys. You know, we have guys around us um, anyway, but if we need guys, like I was saying, to emulate a certain person, like, you know, check Congo, I'll bring guys in and pay them. And I uh, I just found that kind of works out better. You know, if if I was younger and stuff, yeah, it'd probably be better for me to go to a, a big team like that, but um, – you know, being where I'm at now, you know, it's nice having the sole focus on you and a few other guys, you know, really get you dialed in. Um, if you need something, we'll bring in sparring partners and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, Rashad Evans used to do that when he was on his big run, um, Stepe Miocic, he he went out there and, or I went out there and trained with him for a couple of days and he, he was doing the exact same thing, you know, bringing a couple of guys, and have your coaching staff there for you and do what you need to do um and so i I really like that kind of approach instead of going to a place where there's 40 guys younger guys this and that um you know a lot of guys having something to prove trying to take your head off you know and i just need to be smart at this point i know what works we we've we have the blueprint so why uh why change it
0: you say you got to be smart at this point and hopefully this question doesn't come off the wrong way. We're buddies. We got yeah. history. It's not going to come off the wrong way. But what we we both see the drama with Jones Still, Another another incident um another setback, but he's 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 gained weight. He's up into the heavyweights now. There's talk that he's going to come in, but he hasn't. He hasn't fought in a long time which is not good for a fighter okay um in my opinion but you know the game way better than i do if you got the phone call from bellator and said hey they released him he's coming over here do you want him how do you react to this is it a money deal a hundred percent to where the money's got to be there or after the results of the last john jones fight in the ufc w- when he just choked you out do you want that rematch if it was a possibility
1: yeah i definitely would want that rematch you know it'd be a big fight you know um you know, I, I got to do that with Machida, right? He knocked me out way back in the day, and I, I got to go in there and beat him a couple fights ago. And that, that was very cool to see how far I've grown. You know, that was the coolest thing about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a guy like Jones, it's, it's uh, definitely one of those things where you try to do a little bit of both, right? You'd be like, well, let's talk about the money money side too. And, and yeah, you know, you, you want that fight. Um, I would like to get revenge on a lot, you know, guys that I beat, 100%. You know, and, and I've got to a few times, but, you know, it's one of those things where um, you can't – I'm all about opportunities. I came over to Bellator for opportunities. You know, I felt like I should have had a title shot, you know, after a couple of these win streaks in the UFC and never got that opportunity. So um, came over to Bellator, and that was my first thing, asking about that. Um, these different opportunities, going up the heavyweight, fighting Japan, all that kind of stuff, and, and that has been there, you know, so – um, that's just something else, you know, I have 38 fights, you know, anything different like these, these grand prix or anything like that. That's what gets me up now. You know, it's something different, something new, something refreshing. So a fight with, uh, like John or any of those guys really definitely would be, um, be all for it.
0: Do you, do you want to fight him? And I, I just mean like, do you think about it ever with, with the, the guy that he's turned out to be, he's really never lost a fight. He did probably could have lost Augusta son. That was, that right. was iffy. And is his, you know, and he had a disqualification against Matt Hamill who I believe you're friends with another wrestler. Um, yeah. Do you think about John Jones at all? Or has he been forgotten by most fighters?
1: Yeah, no, I don't really, you know, um, especially that, like with the UFC, like I have nothing bad to say about them. I, you know, they, I, I had a career with them. Twenty five, someone the Ultimate Fighter. You know, and uh, um, it's just like when I moved over here to Bellator, it's like I'm focused on my stuff, and and I'm still a fight fan, right? And and uh, but it's, it's not my life, right? It, you know, I'll watch some of the bigger UFCs here and there, you know, but I don't know any of these younger guys, you know, in Bellator or in UFC. You know, I've been around it so much that when I leave the gym, I like to kind of turn that MMA side off. You know, most of the time. And yeah, like I said, the bigger fights I'll watch, but man, uh, there will be a huge up and comer, and I'd like—I have no idea who you are. I'm sorry. But- what do
0: you? What are you walking around at right now, Bader? You look like you—you you look like you're freaking stout right now. Like you're freaking. Yeah, I mean, you. I, I, let's let's talk a little bit about the body makeup of ryan bader what are you walking around at do you get dexa scans or take it that far to know where your body fat is or do you just go in with what making the weight and feeling good about where where you're at you you can see your abs you don't have a lot of a, a lot of love handles you got your legs are in shape is that how you is that how you do it or do you have to go the full extent of being like I got to be at like 10% because wrestlers are known for getting way down there in body body fat right now I'm walking around at 24% body fat when I saw that on my DEXA scan I wanted to freaking hit myself in the head and then I saw people that were I thought we're in really good shape that we're like at 19 and 20 on the same day. So I'm like, well, that ain't too bad. It's not real bad, but what what, what do you look for in your body when you're going into these fights?
1: Yeah, it's all on feel, you know um, what kind of sucks is when I was, I held two belts, you know, light heavyweight and heavyweight is, I never knew what was coming next. It wasn't like, Hey, you're fighting heavyweight for three fights and then you're fighting light heavyweight. It was just like bouncing back and forth and, one time they switched it up on me four weeks out, and I had to go down to light heavyweight. And so, knowing that I was fighting heavyweight, um, I was able to be where I want to be because all the other times I had to watch it. You know, I had to watch my weight. I didn't want to get over two thirty. You know, in this last camp, I was two forty sometimes. You know, but consistently about two thirty five, two thirty five right now. And um, I didn't want to be two forty in the fight. You know, I just kind of let my body and it always does during fight time, fight week kind of drops back down to that, like 230, 233 mark. And that's where I feel the best as far as like being fast, being strong, um, cardio's on point, not carrying extra weight that I, I don't need. Um, and so that's kind of my sweet spot. And I, it's all on feel. Like, I, I don't think I've ever taken a body fat test or anything like that. I eat healthy um you know i try that heavyweight i try to get those extra carbs all that kind of stuff um to feel good throughout training camp whereas light heavyweight it sucks i have to watch everything i don't feel like i'm getting fueled the way i need to during training camp which you know gets you more sore tired this and that and so um i, I think i'll be heavyweight for the rest of my career
0: when you say your cardio is there do you just t- along the same lines as that last thought with you know getting your body fueled right do you do you go on cardio just off of how you feel in like a in a five round emulated simulated fights where you got a new fresh guy c- i've seen you do that where a fresh yeah, guy comes yeah. in and you're fighting somebody that has n- doesn't their heart rates you know at even kill yeah. and yours is up at 140 and it ain't going to take much to get it to 160 yeah. is that cardio or do you actually test yourself on a long run is running good for you with your knees or how do you test your cardio right now
1: so um we have a couple different things and uh my cardio i'm on the bike right i just got one of the peloton deals and i jump on the bike because i i've ran my whole life i wrestled my whole life and my knees they're not bad but they're not great you know and they will get inflamed if i run um so, I mean, twice a week, I'm putting in like a half an hour on the bike and, and a half an hour there is like, I mean, cause you can, you can see like places you get out of everybody. You know, I'm like 150 out of hundred thousand people. That's how kind of hard I'm going. So those are tough. You know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but those are a tough cardio session. Um, and then every, obviously every um, training session, not everyone, cause sometimes we'll drill, but like jujitsu you know, you're getting that cardio that like the true to form cardio, which you're going to use in the fight and, and, you know, muscle fatigue and all that kind of stuff. You're getting it there. And like you were saying, I think my, my gauge is that kind of sparring you're talking about. You know, I don't do that every week, but you know, three weeks in, four weeks in we'll get a fresh guy every round. And if I'm doing, I'm not even saying winning every round, if I'm doing well, and I feel okay. That's a good gauge that I'm in pretty good damn shape, you know, because it's terrible doing that, you know, and then you throw a, a, a guy in there that's, all right, we're going to go three rounds with you and then two with somebody else for a five round fight. And I'm mopping the floor with those guys. Then I know I'm where I need to be, you know, and we'll do uh, hill sprints and stuff like that on Saturday. We'll push to the prowler, which is basically a, a sled with weights on it and try to hit those different aspects of cardio where it's so you know, anaerobic aerobic um you know we'll do simulated sparring where you know i'm pushing the sled coming in and i'm hitting mitts and then i'm doing some jiu-jitsu um, so we try to hit everything because i never want to be i've been there before a few times early in my career i never want to feel that um, tiredness where you can't do anything in a fight it's the worst feeling in the world
0: Rank right now your top the Ryan Bader fight game by chronological order. Hands, submissions, obviously wrestling's in the for sure gonna be the, yeah. the deal, but what do you what do you look at your fight game now at this stage in your career? Because Fedor, left inside, freaking left, took yeah. quick freaking could have been a body shot, but you connected perfect on the knockout bone and he's out like a light. What rank him in chronological order right now if you're if you're a coach looking in the octagon watching Ryan Bader?
1: Yeah, I would say you have to be very careful with my 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 top game, my control, right? Takedowns and top game. I, I have most, you know, tons of finishes by getting on top of you, letting you make a mistake, you know, getting that, you know, lacing that arm and finishing with ground and pound. Um, and so I feel like I've worn worn out a ton of my opponents doing that too. That were great strikers, but you know, they were just tired for me grinding on them. You know, so I'd say that was number one, and second would be my power. You know, knocked people out with rights and lefts, and on the ground, on the feet, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, probably, I mean, last I would say would be submissions. Um, It's not like I have them. I'm very good at jujitsu. It's just when you're in a fight, that's why you don't see a ton of submissions with big guys too. It's hard. You know, Um, you're sweaty in there. There's punches. There's there's times when you're like all right, I'm going to go for the submission, but why when I could sit here and beat on this dude and, and potentially ground and pound him, you know, and, and end this fight. And so um, if, I was a, if I was a coach, I would first off be like, you know, that's that was facing me. You know, we got to watch out for his his takedowns, his top control and his power. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to give you a blueprint how to beat me, but those are things of concern for sure. Walking in right away
0: the other thing that you're good at the other game that you're at the top of and in in my opinion that i've seen some shit that just makes me fall down laugh i believe it's your i believe it's your wife's brother it might be your sister's husband i don't know but you are a prank artist you're a prank artist have we i haven't paid attention lately just because i've been i've been on duck season but have there been any good ones lately you can tell the audience about because you've had some freaking badass
1: yeah no not really um you ended up having a baby his wife did and then uh um, and then it just kind of like, kind of forgot about it for a little while. And then I go back, I'm like, all right, I got to do, do something to them. But it got to the point where they were getting so, you know, over the top that I'm like, how am I, I got to keep up in the ante, right? Like, I'm going to have to shoot him in the leg with a 22 or something. Like that to top those other ones, you know? And so, um, well, I get asked that a lot, but we need to bring him back. Even you if got he it. Starts, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like a reality show after your fight career, dude. You could have the freaking the exactly. Ryan Bader prank prank show or something. Like, I like I, I like I like pranks, but the the whole idea of filming them, you know, and selfie filming them when you're getting them. I remember the one on the airplane. There's been a lot of good ones with him, but yeah, yeah definitely think about bringing that back. Um, where where do we going into May now? I know what I have a good idea of what's gonna happen in this fight. i just I just have a feeling with your mentality, but you did just say that he did have a big win he he did you watch that fight? Yeah, Are you paying attention and breaking that fight down. Is it anything that he's improving on? Because I, I, I have to be straight up, man. There's not. It's not going to be. There's everything happens for a reason, Ryan Bader, and the reason yeah. that you didn't that you didn't get a real victory in California is because if you would have, there probably would not have been a rematch. This gets you in front of his home crowd. That the the sweetness of beating him over there is yeah. going to be on another level, in my opinion. But is he? This is. Is there any worry at all with with Congo right now?
1: Yeah, never take a, another fighter lightly. Now, we're fighting at the top, the top of the game, right? And um, you know, and he's he has knockout power. He's long, you know, and, and he can he can be anybody any given night. And that's a that same goes pretty much across the board at this level, right? Um, you know, so I never take anybody lightly, and I'm going to treat him like he's Moldovsky. They're just fine, you know. Um, I think I can. I think there's an easy path to victory. I'm not saying easy, but, you know, a clear path to, to victory. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I don't look past it at all, you know, because that sucks when you're like, oh, I'm going to run away with this, and then things don't go your way, and that's when you start really getting down on yourself after the fact, you know, so I put – I'll put just as much work in, if not more, than I did last fight, you know, to make sure that I go out there and perform the best that I can, you know, and uh, go out there and get this – you know, get this fight going, you know, we're, we're it's the last fight on my contract, you know, we're trying to do a new one right now, and then um, just kind of, I'm liking how, you know, I fought in October, I fought in January, I'm fighting in May, I like how I'm getting these fights in quick, I'm not getting any younger, you know, um, so I want to, I want to beat him, you know, do another two, three fights and see what happens, you know, and uh, um, play it by ear, I'm not one of those guys that, even thought about retiring or talking about retiring. Cause I, I feel like you start doing that. You can't do that in the sport cause you, you can't be half in half out. And as soon as you start thinking about that, that it's a way out during a fight. You're like, well, I was gonna retire anyway, you know? So I'm not even at that point. It's gonna be one of the, one of these days where I'm like, all right, you know, I, I, I don't wanna train like I need to train. And if I don't wanna be there, I'm not gonna put everything I, I can into it. And that's the day that I need to really start thinking about being done.
0: You just said half in half out. You can't be like that in fighting. You also can't be like that in relationships. You've had a talked about marriage. You and Daisy have a special bond. You guys are on a different level of openness. You, you F with each other a lot. You talk shit. She, she gives it right back. Um, Give the audience a little idea, Ryan Bader, on what it takes to be successful on that front, too. You're traveling. You have a lot of, uh, a lot of attention on you. You have your entire fight career. You've been a celebrity. Um, how, how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it honest? How, t- tell us how you keep a marriage. I mean, you guys have been married over a decade now, right? Yeah, we yeah. have. How do you keep it fresh to where you're where you're like, man, I'm I'm looking for the next one of those, just like I'm looking for the next fight, which is a dumb it's an analogy that I, I don't want people to take the wrong way. I'm simply saying that yeah. relationships are hard. They are a lot of work. You cannot be half in and half out and expect them to go the way you think they ought to. What are some of the hints you could give us, Bader?
1: Yeah, you know, one thing, um and it took some time, right? You know, um I, I think the you know, we take a little more time to mature just being males you know and uh um, we're in a great place right now you know we've had our ups and downs and this and that more so when you know i was younger and i was traveling more and this and that and, and potentially some you know insecurities here here and there you know because i was traveling with the ufc and you know um some worries and this and that you know uh, but one thing we're, we're always open with each other and you know we'll bring we'll talk about things communication is obviously uh I think one of the number one things you know something's pissing me off something's pissing her off we'll say you know hey i'm going to tell you why this is this and this maybe we'll argue for a second but i'm like hey i'm just telling you you're still the same to me and i'm like all right cool you know i get that you know and and that has really helped our relationship just immediately getting to the point you know and you know we did we mesh really well you know she's She's like one of, she is, you know, a great friend of mine, obviously, besides, but just my, you know, my wife, you know, and we just have uh, two personalities that mess really well. And, you know, um, she, she reminds me of hanging out with one of the dudes, you know, you can say anything you want around her, this and that, she gives it back. And that, that is one thing, you know, uh, um, you know, I really love about her, obviously, great mom, great wife, you know, um, and her ability to deal with, you know, this whole MMA world too. You know, me going into camp, being basically a different person. I'm there. A lot of times I'm not there mentally. You're thinking about this fight, thinking about a future date, you know. And so I've worked on that. I've worked on, you know, being there, you know, for my kids mentally too, you know, and not be like, oh, I'll I'll have fun after this fight, you know, and that's all that's a hard thing to do. And so it's really just it's day to day, you know, trying to be um You know, like I said, the communication, making that better, you know, and uh, to be honest, I think we just mess really well. And we have that going for us, too, you know, and uh, I think it gets better as you go on. You know, like I said, there's always rough patches. Marriage is hard, you know, but it can be really good, too.
0: Does she enjoy being octagon side i know that we've talked about this before yeah. but that to me is like takes a special woman to be able to stand there and watch that with the worry the apprehension the yeah. anxiety your dad's trying to throw bombs with rampage who was at yeah. one time a belt holder in both i think in pride and the ufc at one yeah. time i think i mean he, yeah. he ain't no slouch and pops wow. us up there ready to throw down does, yeah, da- does, does daisy get like that too or does she like to be in the fights
1: I'm uh, daisy's spicy for sure you know and uh, she's doing a uh you know, I told her, hey, you know, you should try jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu with the gi on, all that. And she's tried, you know, she's been going four days a week. She's competing on Saturday. You know, she gets a little taste of it. But, no, she hates it. I mean, she likes going to the fights, and she likes when it's done and over. you get a win or lose or whatever, when it's over. It's like pressure relief, you know. But um, she's pacing, you know, before the fight. She's not even in her seat. She'll be walking around the concourse, and then two fights before, she'll come and sit down. And my parents are there usually my sister and her and, uh, uh, she, I can't get her to do an interview when, you know, like showtime <laughs> will come here before, you know, training camp. She, she's done a few, but hates doing that. Um, so no, she does not enjoy it, you know, but she's going to be there supporting and and uh, she enjoys after the fact where it's kind of, it's over pressures off everybody. She gets me back mentally, you know, from not being in training camp and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, we get to do some cool stuff too. You know, like we wouldn't be going to Paris, you know, if I didn't have a fight there and probably go over there and maybe hop around a little bit.
0: Hell yeah. So
1: cool to have these excuses, you know, in competing to be able to do kind of stuff like that. Get family and friends together.
0: Do you ever hear like a, a dish break against the kitchen wall and you run in there and you're like, babe, what's up? And she's like, did you just read what Congo just said? I mean, does she have your back to where it oh, pisses yeah. her off like that too?
1: Oh yeah. Like I said, she's feisty, you know, and, and uh, um, you know I'm sure if I if uh, Daisy was there too she'd be throwing blows with Rampage if saw my dad going you know um, so yeah and and I love that about her and, and, and friends and family you know that you really know they have your back 100% you know and that's uh, um, we have a good uh, good network of friends and family that are like that so we're pretty fortunate
0: so what do you tell what do you tell the world right now Bader, about the last topic I want to talk to you about, and if you can't yeah. talk on this, I have no idea, but there's a lot of talk right now to cancel Joe Rogan. Me yeah. and me and you come from the same kind of upbringing. You know, we're, we come from working class families that live off the land, that hunt and fish, that put food on the table, that provide for our families. We, we don't really have a reason to be part of what you call this quote unquote cancel culture. I'm not. I'm not up with the Joneses on who's what what woke is all about, okay? But when I see what's being said about this man for having conversations and they go back and they put this video together, this compilation of him saying a racist term that he says was being used in context on his podcast, I don't think Joe Rogan's racist i think yeah. he's quite the opposite i think that he's be- he's great friends with dave chappelle they tour together they're he-, he he puts his arm around nagano and he's really tight with cormier if i if you ask me they look like yeah. they're pretty tight base what what is your opinion about all of this and do you-, do you support him because there's a lot of support coming out for joe rogan in, in this business of 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 people wanting like neil young wants some off spotify and and-, yeah. and a bunch of these musicians are like it's either him or me are you supporting uh- the man
1: I 100% support him and he's a great, great dude. I've, uh, you know, I've hung out with him a few times, you know, and and I listen to his podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, if you go back in any one of our lives and anybody, you're going to dig up some dirt somewhere, you know, and a lot of that stuff, I remember, I'm, I do listen to his podcast and a lot of, you know, a lot of his stuff, most of his stuff is, just straight up quoting, you know, there's, vo- there's videos of Joe Biden doing that. There's videos of, you know, Howard Stern, all that kind of stuff. And it's not just, I don't think people really think he's racist. I think they want, he's, you know, he, he's out there, uh, you know, having these doctors and everybody else coming in and discussing things like COVID and all that. It's not on the narrative that they want pushed and he's, he's a threat into, they're trying to take him out, you know, any way they can, whether it's uh, transphobia, racism, you know, uh, misinformation, you know, and, and he's the biggest, I mean, he's probably the biggest media guy out there. You know, I think he gets 11 million listeners per podcast episode, you know? And so that's very significant. And um, people don't like what he has to, some people don't like what he has to say, but I think, you know, people see through that and um, see what's going on in this world today with this whole cancel culture, all this politics, you know, all this bullshit going on, you know, and it's just, um, but I know the guy, you know, he's not racist. And if you put any context to that video, you will see immediately, you know, he's coding this, he's doing this, you know, even the joke he had, you know, go back and listen to the whole thing, you know, besides, doing this headline bullshit and people trying to, you know, just smear him.
0: Very well said. I agree with you hundred percent. I can't stand the way society gets, whether it's envy or jealousy. And I mean, who would not want to be Joe Rogan to get paid to sit in your studio on your property in Austin, Texas, and have people fly in to talk to you about everyday life. I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's making hundreds of millions of dollars. He's got great uh, freaking! I don't know if there's any but with buddy with more knowledge of the fight game to be able to call an MMA yeah. fight. Um, he's he's passionate. He's authentic. He's real. He's a hunter. He's living off the land with killing elk, and he's unapologetic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you leave the man alone, and just it's this culture that we want to break somebody down. But when it was just Joe Rogan on fear factor, it's like, Oh, Joe Rogan is going bald. Oh, Joe Rogan, go Joe. We'll support yeah. you. You're a nobody. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden he becomes a monster like this and people want to tear him down. It's crazy to me. Just let the man make his living and freaking he ain't trying to bug anybody.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's a ton of people. And you know, it's, it's, if you say something that they don't like, you know, um, and then, you know, these social media companies, all that kind of stuff. And they, you get banned or you get your video pulled down because like I said, it's not on their narrative, you know, and, and 90% of this shit comes out to be true half the time, you know, most of the time, yeah. you know, and we're seeing that right now, you know, and then it's just, it's a crazy time right now. And, and obviously, you know, everybody tiptoes around it and this and that, because as you're seeing, you can get canceled and you can get, you know, this and that, and they're going to try to dig something up on you um but i mean we all have skeletons in our closet every single one of us and if, if anybody looks hard enough they're going to find something that they can throw back on you you know and and just happens to be joe rogan is a, a very famous person making a lot of money and has a lot of influence
0: yeah it's sad to see it's sad to me that it happens and i'm glad that you i'm glad that you stated it that way is very well said i am going to talk to you off Microphone about one other thing when we get off. But man, I appreciate it, brother. Congratulations on a big win. And May's going to bring another big win. And I just, I, I honestly hope it's one of those just. Ryan Bader hand sessions where you put him on his back and then ground and pound him. I really want it to happen. I don't like what he's saying about you. I don't like his, 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 what he calls or what people are calling, oh, the Congo charisma. No, it's, it's degrading and it's not, it's not well thought out of. It's not educated. It's not good smack talking and it's like, I think Bader just needs to sit back Hendo style. I was just in I was just in Vegas the last three days with Hendo. He's he's a big fan of yours, obviously. And um what a great guy Dan Henderson yeah. is. And he never said a word to his opponents. Remember, I mean when he did that shit to Bisbing, like it was on a different level after Bisbeing oh, talked yeah. shit. And it's the it was like the punch hurt around the world for a long time, right? Yeah. It was the best. But just sit back, do your thing in May, and We got to figure out a way right after that fight to celebrate together because i know a big celebration is going to be in 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 tow
1: absolutely buddy of course
0: ryan bader Bellator heavyweight champion of the world he's going to be fighting Czech Congo coming up in May in Paris France La Paris Jamais Paul Joujou is going to kick some French ass y'all can count on that this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody podcast Jack Daniels thank y'all so much thank you for the downloads the subscriptions we're going to have more guests coming soon more diverse topics we got a badass session coming up with Hayes Carl one of the greatest Texas musicians going right now hope y'all are enjoying it I'm Chad Belding this is my friend Leith Lofton he's singing a song called what you're do when the money's all gone
1: because i'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul life on earth won't last too long so what you gonna do the money's all gone i'd rather be poor living off in a hole